Welcome to Second Read, a podcast by the newsroom staff at the Herald Times. I'm Jenny Tilly. Some of our listeners might have heard that my co-producer, Brie Kirkham, recently moved to Texas, where she's now working for Texas Public Radio, and we wish her the best of luck there. In past episodes, we talked about newsroom staffing concerns, which were complicated by the logistics around our newspaper group being sold to gay house media. Now, for the first time since the buyout, we're in the process of hiring more journalists who we hope to welcome to our team very soon. In the meantime, our community in Bloomington, Indiana, has been the subject of turmoil involving a farmer's market vendor who has now publicly identified herself as a member of the Identitarian Movement, a far-right ideology that opposes immigration and cultural homogeneity. Local and area media outlets have covered this controversy at length, and we encourage you to read and discuss this issue. It's the goal of this podcast to promote transparency and help readers understand how news happens. We wanted to share some behind-the-scenes moments from recent months. Back in June, reporter Kirk Christian visited Schooner Creek Farm in Brown County to address the allegations of white supremacy against the farm's owner. In the clip you're about to hear, he talks about his trip with Stephen Crane, managing editor at the Martinsville Reporter Times, who was filling in as our interim editor at the time. I did, yeah. So yeah, found the right spot. Um, so I took the the road. Uh, it's a dead end road, and so I was driving and driving pretty slow, trying to find the numbers on each of the mailboxes. And uh, I got to about where it was going to be the oh, yeah the appropriate number, uh, and <laughs> it's like something out of a book or a movie. Uh, or maybe my nerves were just elevated, but my, I had my windows down, and this pit bull comes running down this hill across the street from, uh, from the right road. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I would imagine across the street neighbors. It's barking, getting up on the car, and I'm trying oh, to get wow, out of there. Yeah, so the that, heck, yeah, I think it was some sort of pit bull mix, but had a collar on. Wasn't that big a deal. I was just trying to make sure I didn't yeah, hit it. Scratching your collar, but yeah, anyway. yeah. But that was all fine. It spooked me, honestly. So I past the, the house the first time and then turned around in sort of a gravel area and then came back and was going slower um still trying to keep an eye out for that dog didn't want it to get in the road yeah it would have been on my left and i don't know if it's comical or if it if it looks bad at any point but i uh almost missed it because it's a gravel drive and there's a bunch of trees up against the road so it's it's hidden but on top of being hidden, there were a bunch of branches over the driveway. Um, and you could say, okay, well, maybe they fell over, but I'll get to that. So I'm passing by, and I, I look down the driveway, and I see uh, who I believe to be Doug Mackey. Um, and one of their, there's a small child with him, so presumably one of his children. And uh, they both look up and see me. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that that's the house. I need to turn around again. So I don't know. I've been, I got to make sure I get the the order right because I I came from the dead end side. Right. So I think that what had happened was I saw them on my left as as I was headed back out to 46. Had to loop around again, but then the branches weren't going to be on the right side cuz they they'd be on my passenger side. Right. I wouldn't be able to get out and get them without leaving my car on this really thin back road. Um so I felt that was dangerous. So 
passed again, turned around, come up to the house. It'll be on my left now. I can get out of my driver's side door, pull those branches out of the way if I need to. Everything's good. So I'm coming up on it, and I put my left blinker on to signal that I'm going to pull into this driveway, and there's a like a black Jeep Cherokee uh, coming towards me, and they put their signal on, turning right yeah, into that drive. Spot, yeah. And they, they wave me in. I'm like, well, great. There, no, there's bran- oh, there's no. branches in the way, so yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. pull all the way in. So I pull most of the way in. Most of my car's hanging out in the road. Um, and the guy's just sitting there in the Jeep. I'm kind of like, okay, well, he n- either knows them or, or it's yeah. them. Yeah. And so Is I, Doug still outside at this point? No, he, he wasn't in the driveway anymore. Okay. Um, so I knew it couldn't have been him because he couldn't have gotten in this Jeep and all that. So I open my door, get out, stand up, kind of look over to the Jeep. Um, you know, if the Jeep didn't do anything, I guess I would have moved the branches, but the guy got out. Um, I don't recognize him. I don't know who he is. Um, I think he's wearing a shirt with, like, a big pot leaf on it. Uh, but he says, he asks, like, you know, what what I'm doing here? And I say, hey, I'm Kurt Christian. I'm with the Herald Times. Um, I believe this is where Schooner Creek Farms is. There's been a whole hullabaloo over in Bloomington about them being a vendor at the market. Please tell me you really used the word hullabaloo. I think I did, yeah. yeah. Great. Good, yes. <laughs> uh, and... I was like, I just want to give them a chance to talk. Well, I haven't seen their responses anywhere, and we didn't think that very fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was like, oh, well, it's pretty clear they don't want anybody to be here. They got branches down in the driveway. And that's when I looked down, and the branches were green and fresh where they were cut. They weren't cut neatly, so entirely possible that they could have fallen, but looked as if they'd been cut. Um, so I said, oh, okay, well, he had said at one point, you know, I'm coming in here to see my friends, and I was like, oh, okay, well, Here's my card. If they're willing to talk to me, if you're willing to pass it along, feel free. Have them call me. And really, at that point, I I thought it over because I wasn't gonna move stuff off of somebody's property right, right, to get right, into it. Right. That seems wrong. Yeah, for sure. But then uh, Doug Mackey came back up. Okay. You know, there's there's nothing sinister about this. I just bring it up for full details. He had like a hatchet and maybe like. Um, like garden shears. I remember long, like vibrant orange handles, but I can't remember. I would imagine it was garden shears used to cut those branches, branches down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was kind of stormy yesterday. Yeah, but no, I mean, for it was the. Obama probably, which is just protecting the perimeter, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so he came up, and uh, actually the guy next to me was like, he's from the Herald Times, and so I didn't even introduce myself. And he, you know, he started it off saying like, we're not, we don't want to talk to anybody. We've got a lawyer. We're, we're not making a statement. Uh, you know, we've got a lawyer. I said, oh, okay, well, would you mind passing along the name of your lawyer? And he said, well, I, oh, I forgot to mention. So I would say I'm like 90 to 95% certain that the guy in the white pot leaf shirt said, oh, here's Doug. So, you know, that might very much confirm, as well as my visual uh, inspection of him, that that was Doug Mackey. Yeah. So Doug says, all that says, we've got a lawyer, we're not making a statement. And I said, okay, can I get the name of your lawyer? And I don't think he says, let me go get Sarah. I think he might say, he might have said, let me go get my wife. He said something about going to go get her. Um, so he turned around and kind of went down the drive a little bit. Um, and I say, okay, well, 
can I get out of the road? Can I pull up? Because um, at that point, he had started moving the branches, and I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. I'm Doug or... Doug did. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Doug moved the branches out of the way because my car was three-fourths of the way out in the road, and then the Jeep was blocking some other guy in a truck was trying to get through. It was a mess. And he was like, okay, well, you can pull up here. And it was kind of like his neighbor's yard and not the driveway. So I pulled up there. Um, oh, I forgot to mention there their dog is out at this point not the not the pit bull they have a german shepherd uh so the dog's kind of hanging around um and uh so who i believe to be sarah die from what i've seen online and and his uh doug's reference uh to who it was um she came up already had her phone up and was recording and said and this isn't a direct quote, but it was like, I need you to get off of my property right now. We have a lawyer. And I said, oh, okay, Why you know, no problem. I'm just, I, everybody uh, needs a lawyer. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Theoretically, I mean, without bridging the gap, yeah. defamation, whatever, let's say it's not oh, yeah. true. Right. believe they've been put on blast. Because anyway. it could be a defamation lawyer, or it could be a First Amendment lawyer. Right, right. Yeah, so... What kind of lawyer is my question? She didn't provide the name of that lawyer. Um, I conceded pretty quickly there and was like, hey, whoa, I'm sorry, I'll get out of here. Um, I just... And then I got in my car and it was kind of awkward because the dog was hanging about. And I was like, could you get could you get the dog out of the way? And nobody really did anything. And so I backed out uh, the wrong way, meaning I had to go all the way down to the dead <laughs> end drive. Turn around at the dead end. Turn around, time. drove past them. Um, this is like an anxiety nightmare. So they're on my left side, and, and honestly, that yeah, that, that's what they did, is they honestly all, everybody just kind of raised their hands and waved, and I kind of waved and was like, sorry, uh, meaning sorry for bothering you, uh, and then went out onto 46 and yeah. drove back. Yeah, okay, um, man, no, nice. Dude. But so yeah. when, when she was saying, I mean, you say she's saying get off my property, was it like I wouldn't call it. Hostile? I wouldn't call it hostile, I'd call it authoritative. Um, which I think um, is justified. I know that's a pretty qualitative analysis, but yeah. uh, you know, I I would use a but, but deeper baritone I mean, to project there, right? that. In terms of, can I get yeah, out he, it sounds like they were polite. It doesn't sound like they were uh, aggressive toward you or anything. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. And he <laughs> he was um, he wasn't dismissive, but was deferring to her. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point you would expect that person to have the authoritative tone. What was and the friend doing? During, I mean, you pulled he was, in over here. He kept, he pulled in and went kept going. Um. So I had pulled in. He had gone back to his jeep to move to let the, you know, whoever that truck was trying to get through didn't even know what they'd stumbled across. Um. So I pulled off to the side and. Uh, got out, and then that's when Sarah walked up, and sort of as she was filming, I think he pulled his Jeep into their drive. Mm. Um, no, that's not true, because she's filming. I say, okay, okay. I got back in my car, and I had to back up, and there's a drive, and then sort of a big bump up to the asphalt of the road, and uh, the guy's Jeep Cherokee's back there, and so I'm having to gas it a little bit to get over the hump, but I don't want to smash back into that guy's Jeep Cherokee or anything, so if that video is posted anywhere, you'll see me kind of finagle the gas a little bit and get out of there. So I think it's while I was turning around in the dead end that he pulled all the way into their drive, um, and that's when past them all waved. Yeah, so it was... Good work, buddy. 
tense. Yeah, little little tense. Yeah. Um, through no fault of their own, um, and I think it was all amicable. Uh, but the situation itself certainly tense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, like, a lot of people wouldn't just like. I think it's hard for young reporters to just like go up to a place like that, and especially in the military. Well, and, yeah, and I I've said this on repeat for ever since this story fell in our laps uh i'll say to anyone i can who will listen to me is you know how often in the course of anybody's life do you know that you're going to drive out to their house and ask if the claims that they're white supremacists to ask if that's true it's it's not a common situation since then our news reporting team has continued covering the farmers market controversy and the mayor announced that the market would be suspended for two weeks. Our newsroom has been under fire from many in the community who disagree with our coverage and policies, including publishing addresses of those arrested for crimes. Last week, we received a mysterious package hand-delivered, and because of the volatility in our city right now, senior reporter Laura Lane called the police chief. So it's Wednesday, um, days after the um, farmer's market situation where a woman was arrested and there was a big protest. And we got a envelope in the mail, um, legal size Manila envelope that had, uh, you know, sort of greasy liquid on it, and it was suspicious. And someone at the gas station down the street um, paid a guy a pack of cigarettes to bring it to the Herald Times and drop it off. So we're in a position where I'm sure there's nothing dangerous in the envelope. It's not ticking but there's liquids on it, and because of the hate and the threats that have been sent our way, I just called the police to come and pick that up and open it or take it somewhere or do whatever they do with it, because that's sort of where we are now, and the tension and the threats and all of this what kind of has made us all a little um, nervous. I've, I've heard people screaming at you. But people <laughs> screaming at me. I've yeah. been called a Nazi sympathizer. I've been called um, a horrible journalist. How, uh, the person who came, you did, did you talk to the person who came? Or no, it's okay. just like the women who answered the phone up front. This guy just came yeah. in, and he was great, because he did say that some guy gave me a pack of cigarettes and asked me to deliver it to you. It's an odd envelope. It has dog paw prints written on drawn on the front of it oh like 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 pop yeah like paw prints like, I, I thought you meant like a dog walked over it and left no no they're actually drawn art. on there i mean it's just clearly sent by an artist of some sort actually it's really bad paw prints but um it's just you know we always open the mail without thinking twice and now we're sort of in this different um tenor i wonder why did, why didn't he just like take the cigarettes and Throw well, away, because he, he needed to earn the cigarettes. I thought it was really great that he brought it and yeah. told us how it got here. But uh, Our new editor and executive editor for the Hoosier Times group, Rich Jackson, asked that I not reveal what was in the package. We hope to tell you more about him in a future episode. We were just being safe to do this because of the times that we're in um, and because of how it got to us. You know, someone's paid a pack of smokes to bring it to us. He was back, uh, the, the officer was back within a couple minutes with a smile on his face, so that was a relief uh, to know that it wasn't anything violent. Um, we're actually going to work on a tip based on the package, <laughs> so I, I'm not ready to give out that information. Safe to say, uh, uh, it's nice to say that um, we're not, uh, we were not threatened at any time uh, because of the suspicious package. So uh, to, to say in general terms what this is, it seems to be a a news tip of a of a like 
kind of interesting feature story variety. <laughs> yes, or it could be nothing. Absolutely, or absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. so but, everyone's safe. That's good. Yes, ma'am. Second Read is produced by the Herald Times Newsroom. Music was composed and produced by Zachary Walter. Thanks to our sponsors, the Green and Schultz Law Firm. Find more coverage at heraldtimesonline.com.